0: Russell Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. I'm podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this time we're back with our favorite team of universe-hopping heroes. The Exiles. And last time on Exiles, we had a whole bunch of crazy stuff happen. Isn't that right, Devin?
1: It is. They were battle royale, and only six members of Weapon X and the Exiles were supposed to make it out. And well, only guess what? Only survived. five
0: did. Yeah. And you know who else didn't make it out of there alive? Judd true. Winnick.
1: It's true.
0: Yeah. Uh, i had totally forgotten that that last arc was Judd Winnick's last arc before Tony Bedard comes on. And he's on through what I'd consider the real end of the series. But Chris Claremont has like eight issues after
1: we also talk about how there was one thing I was reading about Jed Winnick online last night? What? the fact, that he was one of the stars of the real world San
0: Francisco. He was also the creator of Juniper Lee.
1: I did see that too.
0: Yeah. But more importantly, he was on the real world. Oh no, like he was famous. That was part of the reason why he got to write comics in the first place. Because yeah, he I didn't a... know that. I just like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I think if, he hadn't had that experience, he probably wouldn't have had Sunfire be a lesbian character. Yeah. And also, I was reading, too, that's
1: also how he met his wife.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, oh, I guess not all of the things that happen on the real world are completely shitty.
0: Nope. But yeah, uh, this week we are going to be covering issues 46 through 49, the first arc called Earn Your Wings is issues 46 through 48 which was written by Tony Bedard with art by Mizuki Sakakibara colors by JC and letters by Dave Sharp and this is a really weird place to get into because it's built so much on Morrison stuff yeah. it takes place immediately after the Grant Morrison arc uh, the big things that are relevant for the Grant Morrison arc are of New X-Men you yeah. should probably say which Grant Morrison arc you're talking about. Oh, he only wrote X-Men once.
1: But you didn't say of X-Men.
0: Oh, sorry. Yeah, of uh, X-Men, which had been retitled New X-Men. It's X-Men Volume 2 to be technical. Uh, Morrison's arc was all about creating mutants as sort of a culture and a community, and just doing really weird world-building stuff with a world that has mutants where they aren't all, like, plain attract people or even, like, cuddly to a point characters like Beast. Yes. And And he also
1: created one of my favorite X-Men, Quentin Quire.
0: Yes, Quentin Quire, the teenage rebel who has stuck around because everyone loves Quentin Quire so much. Everyone does.
1: With his classic T-shirts, like Magneto was right, or now because Magneto is no longer around and Wolverine hates Cyclops more, Cyclops is right.
0: <laughs> yes. And uh, Morrison uh, ended up introducing a character named Zorn, and if you have any uh, compunctions about not having Morrison's X-Men spoiled, um, you may want to like skip ahead thirty seconds or so. Morrison introduced a Chinese mutant named Zorn who had healing powers and had like a supernova for a head, or an exploding star for a head, and that was contained by Metal Mask. Uh a lot of really crazy stuff happened. There was a mutant growth hormone that was pretty much an STD. Uh Zorn ends up getting freed by the X-Men from the Chinese government and leading the special education class for the mutants at the Xavier Mansion. Uh, Two of these characters were Beak, who's like a chicken man. He's got, like, hollow bones like a bird. He's got feathers. He's got a beak for a face. And he's also a bit special, uh, a bit mentally handicapped. Uh, Another character is Angel, who is the one that Angel from X-Men First Class is based on. Where she's an insect lady and she spits acid. Should not have been called Angel. No, like it was... Well, Angel was her name name.
1: And I get that. They should have made a distinction because there's one true Angel.
0: Warren Worthington. Oh, I thought you were going to say the one who teams up with the ape. From Angel and the ape. No, that's true. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, This is
1: way more than 30 seconds. People have skipped ahead just in time to hear the spoiler.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Uh, So Angel and Beak ended up having kids because no one really was teaching the mutants about safe sex, so they've got a bunch of hybrid Angel babies. And eventually, Morrison reveals that, spoilers, uh, Zorn was Magneto the entire time, hopped up on drugs. And... Uh, He was just hiding his face with a mask. Who's using nanobots to heal Professor X and the other mutants, and he was also slowly dosing them with drugs. And in the end, he's
1: not great, ass but
0: yeah. Well, and he ends up revealing himself, and uh, Beak basically comes in and beats him with a wooden baseball bat. But like at this point, Morrison's X Men has ended. Uh, Like the biggest like, growth period for the X-Men in terms of what they could be is occurring. Like, you wouldn't argue with that, would you? No. Nah. And Beak is happy with his life, with his wife, with his kids, and he is just watching the expansion being rebuilt. We then cut to the Exiles, who are currently Blink from the Age of Apocalypse, who can open up portals, teleport people, Sasquatch who can transform into a big white Sasquatch. Nocturne, Tally Josephine Wagner, the daughter of uh, Nightcrawler and the Scarlet Witch. We covered a story set in her universe in the last episode. Mimic, who can copy the powers of five mutants at half strength at a time. And Morph, who can transform and he's the goofball, which unfortunately becomes important in a later story. But after their last uh, big mission where they had to take down Weapon X, who were sort of their evil equals, they uh, had a break. And now they've landed in the water where they find their new team member, Namora, a blue Atlantean female version of Namor. Yep. And as they uh, land in New York Harbor, they find themselves at the Statue of Liberty. And note, several things including the Twin Towers are gone. Which
1: I'm not gonna lie, I thought that was a little weird.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, sort of. I was like, yeah, it's kind of an odd thing to say. Well, they were like, if you watch any movie from like before 2001, the Twin Towers are always like a big landmark in New York City.
1: And that's true. Been removed from movies if they're filmed around that time too. Mm-hmm. Because there was actually the really big scene, scene... In Spider-Man. In Spider-Man, yeah, where he catches a helicopter in between.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was subsequently removed. Yeah. And they were, like, in his eye... In his, um... In the glasses on his, above his eyes. Because you guys saw, like, the reflection of, like, the skyline of New mm-hmm. York City.
0: Yeah. And so, uh... Yeah, it's one of those weird things, but I mean, if Doctor Doom cried about the destruction of the Twin Towers, it's uh, something that I guess is worth bringing up three years after it had happened. Yeah. Now I actually tried to look up to see if people could actually go to Liberty Island at this time, and they could. Oh, okay. It's just, uh, for the most part, the Statue of Liberty has still been closed down. Yes. Like, you could go into it.
1: No, that's pretty much
0: still how it is. Yeah, so, uh,
1: Nomura... I once, and it was really boring, because all you really did was just see the Statue of Liberty bigger. Yep. And you paid $12 to do so.
0: Yeah, we just took a boat ride past it, because at the time, I think, uh... Sandy had happened recently, so it was closed down for more repairs mm-hmm. again. Yeah, that'll happen, too. Yep. And Nomura, being the new... Party member is incredibly doubtful of their mission and the existence of the time broker. And Which, to be fair,
1: not the worst thing to be doubtful of.
0: No, and at least she's like raising reasonable points about it. I mean, you could read Namora as the new magic, but she's not pure garbage.
1: No. But will she break the Black Panther son's legs? Only time will tell. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm just imagining, uh, like, what Namor did pre-Secret Wars to Wakanda. Yep.
1: Oh, no, I was just thinking that, too.
0: It's
1: like, it it would actually be very fitting if she did, too.
0: Yeah. And as the the horrible R.I.P. Namor. R.I.P. Namor. Because he was killed by a member of the new Squadron Supreme, right?
1: Yeah, it was Hyperion. Hyperion zaps his head off.
0: I guess he won't be showing up in any movies.
1: No, well, which again, cool. that, that, whole, that whole, like, let's just, uh, this is probably just edit, get edited out, but still, that brings up, like, a very, like, bunch of weird, interesting, like, questions about Secret Wars, like, about what people remember and don't remember.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, no one seems to remember Secret Wars, but Spectrum sure as hell remembers Namor blowing up her planet.
0: Yeah. So as the horrible reality of two thousand four arrow six marvel six one six sinks in, they end up getting their mission, which is leave your possessions and earn your wings. And this is much more abstract than like any of the other missions that we've got, which is a nice way to throw in a twist. Oh yeah. And Namora is immediately like, "Fuck this bullshit!" And the exiles try to stop her, but she just goes into the ocean because I. Uh she's being very reasonable. Mhm. Yeah. And the rest of the team is sort of like, okay, well, we're going to try and figure out what we're going to do in the mission and we'll figure out where we're going to go. We then cut to Namor coming home from a hard day of work, pining after a sea storm, hating land people, presumably saving like seals that got caught up in fishing nets. And he finds Namora on his throne and they're immediately about to start fighting. Which is always what happens, until Nomura warns him that, "Hey, yeah, I'm part of this team, and I'm not really happy to be on this team, and they're trying to mess with reality." And Namor's like,
1: "Oh hell no! Nah. No one messes with Namor. Namor looks out for number one." Imperious Rex. We're going to the We're going to the Richards Foundation. We're going to talk to Reed.
0: Meanwhile, the Exiles decided to head to the X Mansion to sort of spy and see what was up, see if there's anything super weird. And this is when Nocturne r- realizes that they've been to this world before, because this is where they fought the really super shitty version of Havoc, who was possessed by Mutant X Havoc. And as they see the mansion and being... they the
1: stupid werewolves that didn't make any sense.
0: Yep. And as they see the mansion being rebuilt, Beak shows up. Uh, and Namor ends up bringing Namora to the Fantastic Four, where she finds out that, uh... Well, uh, Namor brings Namor to the Fantastic Four, where we find out that she actually is a fan of Reed Richards. She tries to explain who she is, and Namor is like... And he knocks her out, puts her into a containment cell, warning that she's trying to alter the course of reality, which, that's some pretty good Namor. Oh, no, it was like, oh, it's like, ah, classic Namor. Yep. Should have seen that coming. It's and really
1: true, she should have, of all people. Mm-hmm. Because, let's be real, if she was on her world, she would have done the exact same thing to him in half a second. She probably would
0: have killed him.
1: Well, there's also that, too.
0: And as the Exiles are sort of talking to Beak, they try and warn him that they need to be kept a secret for undisclosed reasons, which they never explain why they have to be kept a secret. No, Like, they're about, or I think it's, uh... Link is like, why do we have to keep this a secret? And then, like, the issue ends or something. Yeah. Oh, no, that's when the Talos tells them that they have to save Namora because now reality is even more threatened.
1: Yes. Which then I loved, didn't then, Because then the exiles appear in front of the Baxter building with Beak with them. And that was my... It was the thing a Mimic says. It was, like, it was like, Beak, we only took you here because we didn't want you to squeal. Yeah. And all I could think of was Roberto the Robot...
0: You're going to square? <laughs> <laughs> well, he does have very good claws for stabbing. It's true. <laughs> <Bacha>! <laughs> uh, so, Nomura is talking to Reed and she explains her backstory how she uh, had ended up killing her universe's Reed Richards. But before that, she's like, oh, uh, there probably needs to be some pretense. Uh, she discovered that she was the first Atlantean mutant, which meant that she had really big super strength, and she kept this a secret until Atuma, who was another Atlantean mutant and an evil warlord, showed up. He killed the Queen of Atlantis, and so she murdered the fuck out of him and ended up Here becoming the new queen. And then during World War II, she was really not happy about all the submarines and the nuclear bombs, and so she was ready to attack the Earth but Charles Xavier ended up reaching out to her. She became friends with the X-Men, but in Magneto's attack in like the first issue when he was like threatening the world with missiles, uh, after they defeat him with Namura's help, which she may have killed the hell out of him. Oh I know. It was just like I the watching like, mmm, might be dead. Yeah. <laughs> he
1: is uh, an old man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Xavier's like, we need to trust the criminal justice system. We're all white people here. And instead, they, them and all the other mutants start getting hunted down by the military and the government-sponsored Avengers team. Uh, Reed was one of the only people who ended up speaking out against it. And meanwhile, we get a moment where the Thing and Johnny are keeping an eye out for the Exiles. And Johnny is discussing his attraction to Namora, And the Thing is like, quote... Drop the metrosexual malarkey and help me check the rest of the perimeter, would ya?
1: Well, that's because Johnny was saying. So if I like this new namora, does that mean me a namor? Is that like a thing?
0: But that's not even metrosexuality. Do you remember when metrosexuality was a thing back in two thousand four?
1: Mid two thousands, yeah.
0: Yeah, that was such a
1: yeah, weird I a South Park episode on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it was all like, oh, well, if you're a guy who enjoys taking care of themselves you're not gay, you're metrosexual. Early 2000s. It
1: never really made sense. It was like, no, you're just a man who likes to take care of himself. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with
0: that. (laughs) So the exiles and the Beaks show up to help survey the spot, and Sasquatch raises the good point that they should just do the mission and figure figure it out because Nomura would just get teleported along with them but they still don't I was like why aren't
1: any of you guys like thinking about that <laughs> yeah
0: like I enjoy them raising a lot of really good points and so they're talking about breaking in and Beak is like maybe we should talk the Fantastic Four and Mimic's like fuck that shut up we do things our own way here and Nocturne's like uh no no that's actually a good idea which
1: Mimic's like Mimic I'm the leader look at me look at me I'm the captain now. Stop
0: second-guessing me. (laughs) Uh, So we get more of the story about how she ended up invading the land because all the mutants were getting arrested, killing all of the heroes, including the Avengers and Reed Richards. And she ended up killing the Fantastic Four by luring Johnny, uh, leaving leaving him in the Marianas Trench, pretty much. And then, like, breaking the ship that they were in so they all died because of the intense pressure and so now she ruled so she ruled the earth until she got pulled away also she's like over 100 years old she looks good for over 100 years old He does and apparently her world is going along just nicely with her in control don't blame me I voted for Kodos it's true so Beak meanwhile went over to talk uh, to the Fantastic Four while the Exiles are waiting. But Johnny and the Thing end up coming in at the wrong moment and being like, oh, you're trying to take over us. Let's have a good old fisticuff. And so they start fighting. Well, Beak is talking to Reed. He is able to convince him to free Namora and meet with the Exiles. But... Uh,
1: Basically, that's when Sasquatch and Thing burst through the wall, Kool-Aid Man style. Oh, yeah. And then Sue gets knocked unconscious, which then, oh, now Reed's getting pissed.
0: Yeah. So, Namor uh, starts fighting Sasquatch. Namor is freed now, so she gets involved. The rest of the Exiles teleport in, and the fighting intensifies. And Beak's like, well, I fucked everything up on accident. Beak, Beak, Beak.
1: And then TJ's like, oh, Sue Storm, we should all be friends. Let me try and help you. And then Johnny's like, look at you making. Move on my sister. I'm going to kill you.
0: And uh, so S- Sue ends up putting Nocturne into a force bubble to choke her out. Thing and Sasquatch are fighting. Reed and Morph are fighting. Namor and Namora are fighting. And Mimic's like, okay, we need to break them up, Link. Like, teleport everyone out into the streets. Which is him actually having a good idea. For once. But then uh, Sue starts force-bubbling everyone and tells Reed that they should all work together and listen. And Reed, being a super creeper, immediately realizes that something is up with Sue. That's not my wife. This is not
1: my beautiful wife. She
0: doesn't speak to me. This is not my
1: beautiful house.
0: My God, what have I done? And uh, Nocturne... Yep. And so Reed realizes something is happening with Sue... But he sees that everyone is calm, and he's able to de-escalate things, even though Namor is still being an asshole. And it turns out that Nocturne had possessed Sue. Namor's not being an asshole. Namor is just being mm. Namor. He's being true to himself, which isn't that what we teach all kids to do. Yeah, but you can be yourself if yourself is an asshole, so therefore you're being an asshole.
1: I guess.
0: <laughs> and so they explain who they are, and they're... Like, trying to figure out what they're supposed to do with their mission. And Reed wonders if maybe someone from the team has to be left behind. And maybe wings, and earning your wings, refers to Beak. And the Talos is like, okay, yeah, this is taking too long. You gotta read, let's go. read. Nocturne is being left behind. And the it's time...
1: Possessions, because she possesses people. Yeah. See, that's actually not at all what I was thinking it was talking about. I thought they were referencing uh with the wings um the mm. fact that namora has wings on her feet
0: yeah which is a nice mix-up like nice ambiguity and so i, time-
1: suppose I should have figured it out since they're like really focusing on the
0: beak but yeah so time broker ends up showing up and he's like hey beak you know how you love your wife and your kids well now you got to join the exiles and they're going to think you left them and you're going to be left a quantum state of reality where they can't see or hear you and your wife's going to think that you left her.
1: And she's going to hate you forever now. Yeah. Like, oh, that's
0: nice. Yeah. It's like, no, let let him say goodbye. There's no reason to be such a jerk.
1: Actually, and, well, here's the thing. It's a mix-up of all their uh, subconsciousness. So the rest of the team thinks it's funny that he doesn't get to. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it's just Amora, and she has a very overpowering ego. It's probably true. And
1: but yeah, no, it did make a sense. Also, my favorite too is the fact that you then cut to Beak trying to talk to Angel, and she's like crying because Beak has left her. To which is like, he has been gone for under 24 hours, and you already think that he's a deadbeat de father who has walked out on you. That is
0: really saying you guys have a great relationship. Yeah, it's not the best writing. It's like, he could, have, he could have just spent the night at the X-Mansion. Like, he, could he, could Ma- he could have been killed by Magneto. Yeah, exactly. It was like, you guys are <laughs> X-Men. You guys are being ditched right now. Yeah, and so the rest of the team says goodbye to that Nocturne, who's like, hey, I'm to go hang out with the Nightcrawler, who's sort of my dad. And Namor is like, well, if Reed Richards couldn't figure a way to get me out of this stupid exile shit, I guess I better work with you guys.
1: Oh, then my favorite, too, is the fact that they're like, it's okay, Beak, TJ will watch out for your wife and children. But making absolutely no promises or indication that she's going to tell them why Beak is not there.
0: Oh, yeah. And, like, Nocturne ends up going to, like, join the X-Men and she's, like, ready to press the button. And then a mysterious figure shows up and he's like, hey, you know, if you're a mutant, you don't automatically have to join up with the X-Men. And so she it goes and like, joins... It's
1: like, you're right.
0: Yeah, and so she then goes and... joins
1: Brotherhood of Evil Mutants.
0: Yeah, which it's like, okay. Is,
1: there... Is that what happens? Yeah. I was actually just making a sarcastic guess.
0: No, no, she joins Exodus, who's the current leader of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. That makes no sense. Uh she's sort of a secret agent on the team and I haven't read what happens after I just quickly skimmed over Marvel Wakia. Oh, okay. But like she eventually does join the X Men X Men. Oh okay. But like where for now, I guess. Do we know? Where's Blink now? Or uh, now, where, Nocturne? Nocturne now. Uh we the last time that we saw her was in the Jeff Parker run.
1: Oh, okay,
0: but yeah, really, I think it was a situation of, "Hey, Nightcrawler is a really great character. Let's put this version of Nightcrawler, who fanboys can be attracted to, on an X Men team instead of this." I will say, quote.
1: at first, I did not like the fact that they made Nomura blue because I got very confused at first.
0: Yeah, but luckily they have the blue person quoting. That's quote. true. Yeah, so she's yeah, off the I Had team. to get rid of one
1: of them because yeah, I was just like, "Oh no, they look very similar." Blue mini heroes. And then when they were saying Namor, I was just like, oh, it's just an alternate female Namor, because when I think of Namor, I think of Namor's cousin. Well, the really weird thing is that... uh, When there's Namorita, who I don't don't understand what the difference between the two of
0: them are. Neither do I. But what I was going to say is, this may not be a full-on alternate version of Namor, because she's all Atlantean. She's not human Atlantean like Namor is. That's true. So, like, that's why she had to kill Atuma to become the new Queen of Atlantis. Oh, look at you, Namor. Look at you in your pink skin. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Look at her dishing out those judgments.
0: Yep. (laughs) And then the second arc that, well, it's a one-issue story that we're covering, is Exiles 49 from Earth 148. 49. 49. I was saying the Earth number, Devin. Uh Oh, Well, you said said Exiles 29. No, Exiles 49, which is set on Earth 14845, which was written by Tony Bedard, with art by Jim Calafior, with inks by Mark McKenna, colors by JC, and letters by Dave Sharp. And we open up with the Exiles staring up at the Avengers, who have been turned into paper dolls who are just floating in the air while the Capitol building behind them has been turned into a giant toilet!
1: What is happening?
0: Yeah. Uh, the exiles are looking around Washington, D.C., and there's just all this weird stuff around, and no people. Uh, Mimic is like scouting ahead since uh, he's the only person who I guess is willing to fly, and he finds a crashed helicarrier. He
1: has the super speed of um...
0: North Star. North
1: Star, yeah.
0: Yep. And uh, so he has the exiles go to investigate it, and the rest of the team ends up getting their mission. Which is to free the Impossible Man. If you're unfamiliar, the Impossible Man is a Fantastic Four. He's not really a villain, he's not really a hero, he's a nuisance.
1: He is a character who appears from time to time.
0: Yeah, and he can turn into anything with a popping sound, but it's always purple and green. Which was actually an important point in a New Mutants issue where he and Warlock ended up getting into a transforming contest. And Warlock ended up winning because he could change his colors. And Pop-Up Man... And the Impossible Man couldn't. Oh. Yeah. And, yeah. And normally he can't transform other things. And so the fact that he's going on this weird rampage transforming things is not normal. Normally it's like the Fantastic Four have to be... Have to pretend to be bored around him to uh, drive him off. And uh, Morph ends up trying to uh, tell a joke, and Nomura is rightly like, Nope, shut up, we don't need to hear your joke about two atoms. And Mimic, meanwhile, has gone to the Lincoln Memorial, because he sees some people who are outside of it, but it turns out that they're just uh, parts of the Impossible Man, and they end up merging into this giant Impossible Man, who has this, like, really disturbing non-expression on his face, like, it's not really a smile, it's not really a frown. It's more a frown than a smile, but he has these, like, blank white eyes in his face and a, a shiny dot on his head. The Exiles, meanwhile, have gone to the Helicarrier, where they see the body horror that Impossible Man has been causing, like turning a person to a swarm of butterflies. And this is when uh, Morph also notices the disc on his head from the videos that they've seen. Nick Fury finds him and tells him that most of the people in Washington, D.C. ended up in Mouseland, Land, the sawed-off, knock-off Disneyland, and explains yep. that the controller who controls the magical people... Magical Kingdoms. Yes. And Fury explains that the controller who controls people had tried to take over Impossible Man with a disc, and instead, uh, Impossible Man went berserk. We then cut to Impossible Man driving a Mad Max ice cream truck with his face as a cow catcher on the front... ...shooting a machine gun that fires ice cream at Mimic. Uh, Mimic ends up blowing up the truck as the Exiles show up... ...and Mimic feels remorse because he thinks that he's killed another person. But then an army of Impossible Men dressed in boxing gear show up and start punching everyone. Uh, The team tries to fight back, but Sasquatch gets turned into a stuffed animal... Namora, Blink, and Mimic it turned into Koopy Dolls, and Beak has turned into a bucket of fried chicken.
1: But luckily Morph knew what was about to happen and turned himself into an impossible man as well.
0: Yep. And he tries to peel off the mind chip, but it doesn't work. So he starts making jokes, including the two atoms are walking down the street. One of them's like, I just left an elec I just lost an electron and the other's like, Are you sure? And the first electron's like I'm positive. And the jokes start uh, making Impossible Man, who's been asking people what's funny. Uh, he starts to like cause the chip to short circuit. And He's laughing. Yeah, and so after a bestiality joke, the Impossible Man is freed. Yep. And uh, Impossible Man ends up apologizing, restores everything to normal, and everyone feels better. The end. The end. Yeah, so that is that second story, which is actually the only Earth we can put on this time. Because the first one was all set on the 616.
1: No, I would say I would say we could put on No More's Earth. Could she explain that one pretty well?
0: Well, we normally wait for those until they're either off the team or dead. No, because we did, uh... But Nocturne, Nocturne had a special back issue devoted to her. And I also forgot that she was going to be written off the team. Like, uh, there's the whole arc comparison. Okay.
1: Okay, so we don't want to put
0: her on then that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but next time on Exiles, you know what we're going to get, Devin? What? A better version of Mimic. <gasps> and also, Ego the Living Planet. Y- you can't see Devin's happy faces. I do love Ego the Living Planet. He's pretty great. But you know what's even better than Ego the Living Planet? What? Ego the Loving Planet. Oh, man. Marvel Adventures Avengers was amazing.
1: I do love you, Ego.
0: Okay, so we have one Earth to put on to Trials of the Multiverse, our list of every universe that we have covered in the series, plus a few that we've created. And... Where do you think earth One Forty Eight Forty Five should go? I mean, it's mostly based on this story, which is a, like, solid one-issue story. Though I do agree it may have worked a bit better if it had been more issues. I think it could have been, like... I think only one more. I think two would have been good. I think it could have gone on to, like, a full-on horror story with more time.
1: For me, what I thought it could have done was I thought it could have worked with them trying to figure out a way to stop it. And yeah. then it, that issue ending with all the exiles getting turned into other things with the exception of Morph.
0: And then it's an entire... And the
1: next issue being all Morph figuring out what he needs to do. It could have still gone the same way with it being jokes and such,
0: but... But would you really want more pages of Morph telling jokes?
1: I don't know if it should have just been all necessarily jokes. I think it should have also been a combination of some physical gags. Yeah. Just because, I mean, like, as much as, like, I mean, Morph can get a little old sometimes, but I think for this type of thing of him versus
0: Impossible Man, I think it could have been great. Okay. No, I see your side. So... Because I do
1: enjoy Impossible, yeah, I enjoy Impossible Man, too, so... Yeah.
0: Okay, so our current dividing line is 116. Sue Storm had become the thing. Uh, For top half or bottom half. I think it's definitely better than that. I think it's better than that. So then our top quarter dividing line is what if Daredevil could see, which I think it's better than that. Yeah. So then going up another quarter, it's um, Moon Knight had three different identities, which I think we're reaching the sort of area where it's comparable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if I like it better than Moon Knight had three different identities. I mean, I would
1: not say I would either.
0: Is it better than Storm and Norman, our ship of Storm and Norman Osborn?
1: Yeah, because I I did like the Avengers of paper people. Those creepy faces they had.
0: Oh, yeah, no, like... The whole idea of people being inanimate objects. And luckily they didn't go into the horror aspects of... Can these people still remember what happened? Can these people, like, deal with... Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm Thor, I'm Captain America, I'm Iron Man, and I was a paper person.
0: (laughs) Which may not actually be the most weird thing but uh well, you know
1: that too, it's actually nick fury couldn't stop the impossible man much sooner in the game but he realized that he enjoyed being at Mouseland so much that he decided okay right, guys tickets are on me we're staying all day <laughs> what?
0: well no think how horrible the lines would be though You've yeah, got, true. like, all the people from Washington, D.C. there who weren't turned in, like, butterflies or toilets or other things.
1: Well, if you're Nick Fury and you're Head of S.H.I.E.L.D., you can cut to the line instantly because you're Nick Fury. Except mm-hmm. so for Nick Fury and Dum Dum Dugan, it would be the greatest day of your life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm willing to accept that as an answer. So, our new number 45 is Earth 14845. Next week, we're going to be getting ready for that Deadpool movie that's coming out with What If Deadpool Was Possessed by Venom slash Venom slash Deadpool. So, it's... Venompool. It's going to be a thing, and then after that, you know we've got, Devin? What? House of M. <laughs> I've got to so get some much. reading done. So much... And then we're we're getting close to our uh one year anniversaries. We're gonna be hitting number fifty, number fifty one, which is technically our year anniversary, and then number fifty two, which is our fifty-second episode, which is also sort of our year special. So We're again. gonna
1: read every issue ever that's ever been published in the new fifty-two. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shut up, Devin. <laughs> That would be terrible. Yeah, no, no. We're going to keep that a secret for a bit longer. We'd have to quit our jobs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. To finish that in time. (laughs) Yeah, or we'd have to, like, get a team of people. But uh, Multiversal Q is a weekly podcast. If you'd like us to be able to quit our jobs so we can cover all of the new 52, we have a Patreon, which I need to get around to updating the rewards on that, but we have some new stuff. That hopefully for next week, because it's a shorter episode, we'll be able to talk about that. Um, you can find our image galleries, including all of the horrific images from episode from issue 49 of Exiles on there. Along with other stuff. Uh, Multiverse cues on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, and we are on Libsyn please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps more people find us. If you enjoy the podcast, feel free to uh, post about it on internet websites, and if you're writing an article or sharing it, let me know. Uh, You can email us at multiversalq at gmail.com or I'm usually on the Twitter. Uh, You can find me personally on Twitter at at and also on the podcast Nerd Scenarios. Devin, where can people find you?
1: You can find me on the Twitters at Fred O'Fett, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T.
0: We'll see you next week for some Deadpool fun. Have a great week. Peace. Peace. Pop, pop, pop.